Welcome to the Fantasy Football Genius, where winning isn't everything, it's the genius thing. Stay tuned if you want to crush your fantasy football goals. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you're listening to this, we welcome you to the Genius Cast. We're continuing on with the Division Series. Today we're going to talk about the AFC West. What's going to happen at Division? Will we see a new winner of the Division? Are the Chiefs the team to beat as they were last year? Can anybody else dominate um, the Division? Can anybody step up in the Division? We'll talk about that and more. We'll also talk about who I like in fantasy, any players I'm looking to avoid in this division, that and much more. We welcome you guys. Hopefully you guys had a fantastic weekend. And let's go on ahead and jump right on into the podcast and begin with the AFC West. We're going to start off the AFC West talking about the Denver Broncos. This is a team last year that, that uh, was not very good, to put it lightly. They brought in Case Keenum, hoping Keenum was going to be someone that they can possibly look at to possibly lead this team to a, a division title. That was not the case. He came in, didn't look like he had uh, a control of the offense, didn't look like the same quarterback that we saw in Minnesota the year before. My opinion is I didn't like the, the, the sign, signing of uh, Keenum last year in the first place. I thought he wasn't right for the system. Turned out to be the correct move. But, you know, you, you learn from your mistakes. Broncos moved on. They're going on with Joe Flacco this year. I think Flacco's a much better quarterback to bring into this offense. I like Flacco. I think Flacco is a can be a winner in this league. He, he, he's had success in Baltimore. I think he's going to carry that same kind of that toughness, that leadership here in Denver as well. Yes, we may, we may not see a 10-win, 11-win team from the Denver Broncos, but I think we're going to see a much better team than we saw last year on the field, especially if this young talent that they've had over the last couple of years using draft picks on the the youth that they have, the youth movement happened in Denver. If we start to see those players kind of having more of an impact and starting to show that they are the players that maybe we thought they were, players like Cortland Sutton, Deshaun Hamilton, Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, Noah Fant, um, they have some nice talent there on offense. Can Flacco get that talent and move them in the right direction? I think that's a possibility. I think that's, that's going to happen this year. And I think we're going to see an eight, nine win team um, from the Denver Broncos this year, which may not be. Uh, a, a fantastic thing for fans of the Broncos, but if you're a fan of the Denver Broncos and you see an eight, nine wins after the season they had last year, I think you have to uh, think that this team is on the right direction. If you see six, five, four wins, and obviously you, uh, they're going the wrong way and something has to happen, but if, but if we see a team, this team win eight, nine games, as a fan, you have to kind of think that this is the right direction for this team. And if we're talking about fantasy in this year, if we look on the ground, we have Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman. Last year coming into, into the season, many thought Royce Freeman was going to be the darling of this team, the, the, the player that a lot of people wanted to target in fantasy. Coming from Oregon, um, the electric runner that he can be. Philip Lindsay not being a, a known commodity, wasn't invited to the, um, to the offseason stuff for the NFL, didn't get drafted. The hometown boy from Colorado signed on with the Broncos as a, as a rookie free agent. Um, and kind of exploded on the scene and didn't look back, um, didn't allow Freeman to really take the reins of the team. And Lindsey looked like the offense was much more his style than it was Freeman's. I think it's going to be a, a little bit of a role reversal this year. I think Freeman, the, the offense the Broncos are going to run, is going to be much more into Freeman's wheelhouse. Yes, Lindsey's going to still be a, an electric player. That kind of player, you need to get on the field. You need to get him uh, touches because of what he can do with, in the passing game and on the ground on the out, and the, hitting the outside. Freeman's more of an in-between tackles. Ground and pound, 
and, and I think that's kind of the offense we're going to see the Denver Broncos this year. So if I'm looking between the two and I'm looking to draft somebody, I'm li- likely going to go after Freeman over Lindsey just because you're going to get him at a couple rounds later than where you're going to get Lindsey. And you're going to get similar value between the two. I think it's going to be much more of a 50-50 split. And if you really want to think about it, I think Lindsey and Freeman can be a lesser version or maybe a generic version of what the Saints had with Mark Ingram and Kamara and maybe what they have now in Latavius Murray and Kamara. Uh, Lindsey's going to do the Kamara role maybe, and Freeman's going to be the uh, pound the the ball like Murray's going to do this year and like Ingram's done in the past for the Saints. A lesser version of that, obviously, of that uh, offense there. But I think that's what the Broncos kind of maybe are hoping and maybe might start to look at between the two. I think we're going to see a lot of packages where we see Lindsey and Freeman on the same field together, splitting out Lindsey. So I think both players are obviously going to be impact players for this team and for your fantasy teams. But if I'm looking between the two, I'm looking at Freeman just because you're going to get a few rounds later. And I think they're going to have similar value moving forward. And I think there's a possibility we might see Freeman also, maybe if it's a 60-40 split, we've been, we may see Freeman with the 60 and Lindsey with the 40 because I don't, I don't think the Broncos want to have Lindsey out on the field a whole lot. They want to kind of keep him um, fresh They want to, uh, because he's very electric with the ball. And if you can keep him fresh and limit his carries in the game, that just means more big plays he's going to be able to have happen and not have to worry about injuries down the road. That's the way I th- that I think the, the grounding is going to happen. I think the odd man is going to be Devonta Booker. Once thought of maybe as, as the, the running back there in Denver, Booker really hasn't shown um, the player that maybe Denver thought he was coming out of college. And I think he might be the, obviously the number three on the team, but he may not get very many looks. I like Lindsey. I like Freeman. If I have to pick between the two, it's going to be Freeman. If we move over to the passing game, Flacco comes over from Baltimore, and I think his receiving core is going to be a little better than he had in uh, re- recent years over in Baltimore. They have Emmanuel Sanders, a proven veteran uh, on this team. But I think his numbers will start to go down down a little bit just because I think the Broncos are going to want to see what they have in Cortland Sutton or what they have in Deshaun Hamilton as well. They have Tim Patrick also. Three receivers that are very young, that have upside, that's shown upside. But I think it's going to be Sutton's uh, this year. I think Sutton's going to be a player that we want to keep a, a very strong eye on because I think, I think Sutton is going to be taking that next level this season, we heard Reggie Wayne when the Broncos started their training camp. Reggie Wayne came out and said that Sutton is the the, the next wave of the wide receiver um, position. That's a huge compliment coming from one of the better wide receivers to play in the last um, uh, decade, couple decades, three decades. Um, one of the better play, one of the better wide receivers to play the game. Had a fantastic career in Indianapolis. So taking someone's uh, um, with that kind of compliment on a player like Sutton, you kind of have to take it and run with it. And I think Sutton, maybe he had struggled to start training camp, had a had a bad first first practice at training camp, dropping a few balls. Last year he dropped a few in this offense as well. But with his size, his speed, the way he can go up and get the ball, I think that's what he was talking about. And I think that's um, if Sutton can limit those drops, we may see a very good quarterback, uh, wide receiver that his quarterback can rely on. Deshaun Hamilton is much more of a speedster, much more of a uh, deep ball, and I think that's uh, Broncos are going to be able to use that with Flacco's arm. They also brought in Noah Fant, the electric tight end um, they took in the first round that I think is going to have an immediate impact. Usually we don't see tight ends have an immediate impact on their teams as rookies, but the Broncos need playmakers on this offense. Fant can bring that, and I think Fant is well worth the pick this year in redrafts, but he's also going to be a fantastic dynasty pick in your dynasty leagues. And I think we can also continue to look at Jake Butt. If he can stay healthy, he's a player that I think has Jason Witten type of skills. 
He's not going to burn you with the speed, but he has great hands. He can do all the small stuff. And we know Witten had a fantastic career in Dallas coming back this year as well. Um, uh, so it's, it's, it's that kind of a player that I think Bud can turn into if he can stay healthy. The defense, we obviously know the defense. The Broncos' defense has some uh, tremendous playmakers, Vaughn Miller, Chris Harris, Derek Wolf, some great talent over there, uh, Bradley Chubb. Some great talent on that side of the ball, so I think the defense is going to be very good as usual. They're going to be a top-10 unit, be a team that, uh, defense that we can rely on most weeks. If I'm looking at fantasy-wise, I think I'm going to be uh, going much more Freeman over Lindsay, as I talked about. I'm going to be having plenty of shares of Sutton. I like Hamilton. Well, I'm likely not going to have a whole lot of shares of Sanders just because I think Denver's going to want to see what they have in the, the youth movement. And I do love uh, Fant in fantasy as well. He's more of a dynasty play for me. Um, I'm, I don't know how many shares I'm going to have him in redraft just because, yes, I think he can have an impact for his team. But, again, on the – on average, usually the tight end position for rookies is not a major thing. A lot of rookies take a little time to get going, and I don't want to take a chance on taking someone like Fan. If he's the backup quarterback, a tight end, or if he's on the waiver and I look at him later, but I don't think he's going to be on the, available on the waiver because people are, are, are kind of high on the tight end. I think he can have success this season, but I don't also want to take a gamble, and I like a lot of other value tight ends as well for the position. I'm going to have plenty of shares of defense, especially if I get to defense late in drafts. You know my strategy. I like to take my final two picks on kickers and defenses and not take them earlier. So if the Broncos are there, they're definitely going to be a defense that I take a look at in season-long leagues. Next up, we have the Kansas City Chiefs. Last year, we saw Patrick Mahomes absolutely explode on the scene. Taken late, late in drafts last year, and if you were one of the few that took him late in your drafts, you likely won your Super Bowl. I think we see a little bit of a hit from Mahomes this year. I don't think he can continue on with those gaudy, those tremendous, absolutely insane video game numbers. Yes, he's going to be one of the top handful of quarterbacks, most likely one, two, three, some around there, overall quarterbacks. But those numbers have to take a hit. I don't think he can continue on at that highest level. But He's a quarterback that, with my draft strategy, I just don't take very high just because, I, because I'm not going to take one of the elite quarterbacks. I'm going to fill out my running backs and my wide receivers before I take a look at quarterbacks. That's just the way I took it. I look at him. I like the ground game in, in Kansas City. I love Damian Williams. A lot of people are talking about how, how can you use a second-round pick on a player like Damian Williams who's never had success in this league. I beg to differ. I think he had success last year in Andy Reid's offense, especially in the postseason. We saw what he can do with this offense. We know, we know Andy Reid loves him. We know Andy Reid is going to give him the number one opportunity to, to, to lead this team. If he's going to end training camp and end the preseason and begin the season as the team's number one option, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to expect that. I'm going, to, I'm going to think that it's going to happen. We know that Andy Reid loves him. And we know that PPR um, running backs are dominant players in PPR leagues under Andy Reid's offensive scheme through his uh, career in coaching We've seen top 10, top 5, top talent um, in PPR leagues. And I think Williams can be one of those players as well. Andy Reid's a different type of coach that Williams has had in the past. And like I said, we saw what he did last year. I think he can continue on this this year. And if he's going to be there in the middle of the second round or even in the late uh, second round, I'm absolutely going to jump on it. Early second, I wouldn't... um, wouldn't hate it if, if, if you take him early second. Personally, I'm going to look at him in, in mid-second, late second. I'm absolutely not, as much as I love him, definitely not going to be taking him in the first round just because there's plenty of other talent that's better than he is for a first-round uh, pick. But if he's there in the mid-second, I'm definitely going to be thinking about taking him. If, if he's there late second, I'm absolutely going to take him and expect the production to be there for the Kansas City Chiefs star running back this season. 
We hear the news that Tyreek Hill is not going to be suspended. Obviously, that imp- in- impacts fantasy on m- numerous scales. We thought maybe Sammy Watkins was going to be able to step up. McCole Hardman, the rookie, was going to be able to maybe become that Tyreek Hill type player. Now that Hill's not going to get suspended, Hill's going to go back to being the number one option. Watkins is still a decent production uh, player on this offense. Travis Kelsey is Travis Kelsey. He's still going to be the best tight end in football. But we have to look at Hill being one of the top wide receivers in the game. I may not like his character, but what he does on the football field is a uh, tremendous talent. Just because character-wise, and I don't want to like take a lot of gambles on my team early on in drafts, I don't know if I can take Hill just because I don't like his character. Coming out of college, we heard issues. In the NFL, we're hearing issues. We're hearing this past issue that the league's not going to spend. And personally, from what we hear, I don't understand why he's not getting a minimum of four-game suspension. I, but that's, that's, a, that's a different story. That's, that, that's for a different time. I don't know how many, how many shares of Hill I'm going to have. I, but, but I'm also not going to have very many shares of Watkins. I'm going to have zero shares of Hardman just because of what Hill is on the offense. And I'm not going to have very many shares of Kelsey just because I don't usually take uh, tight ends very high in drafts as well. And there's a lot of value tight ends that I like. So the player that I'm leaning towards just because of my draft strategy and what I like is Damian Williams. Not that I don't like talent on this Chiefs team. I love this offense. There's plenty of talent on it. But for my strategy, I think a lot of my picks are going to be Damian Williams' offense. And that's about it. Next up is the 10 uh, Los Angeles Chargers. With the news about Melvin Gordon possibly sitting out and not playing this year, kind of like we did with, saw with Le'Veon Bell last year, I think it's going to have a huge impact on what happens with Eckler, with Justin Jackson, with the passing game. I think Phillip Rivers starts to see that uh, that small of a decline. We're going to start seeing that age kind of hit Phillip Rivers. So more of those dump-off passes, which is great for Eckler. Eckler's a nice option out of the backfield as a pass catcher. And if he's the number one option there in the, in the, in the running game because Gordon's out, he has to have someone backing him up, and I absolutely love Justin Jackson if that's the case. If Gordon's the number one option, I'm likely not going to have any shares of Justin Jackson. But if we hear that Gordon is going to be sitting out and missing time this season, I think Justin Jackson is a very good deep sleeper that I think can have an impact. We saw what he did last year when Gordon and Eckler were out. He can step in there and have a nice little production. And again, Austin Eckler is going to be able to uh, get, get some run there as well. In the, in the passing game, um, obviously Keenan Allen, PPR monster. I like Mike Williams the best out of this, out of this group um, at wide receiver just because of where you're going to be drafting Mike Williams compared to Keenan Allen. And is there really a big difference between the two in production? I don't know if there's going to be a, a, a lot of difference between the two, and you're going to get Mike Williams a few rounds later than what uh, Keenan Allen's going to go just because of name value and what he's done in the past. And we talked about uh, value tight ends, sleeper tight ends. Um, it wasn't too long ago that we had Hunter Henry uh, looking to be one of the better tight ends in football. Suffered an injury last year. People may have forgot about who he is, what he brought on the football field. I think Henry is a player that I'm going to be keeping, having a lot of shares on this year. He's one of the value tight ends that I do like if I don't get one of the top tier, um, top three options at tight end. Henry's going to be a player that I'm going to target if I can get him um, in the middle, middle rounds of many other fantasy leagues. And finally, we have the Oakland Raiders, uh, very active in the offseason. The biggest name coming over, obviously, is Antonio Brown. Is he going to have the same kind of impact that he had in Pittsburgh? My opinion is I don't think he's going to have nearly the same impact that he did in Pittsburgh. Let's also remember in Pittsburgh, he had a better quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger than he has now, Derek Carr. He had a great, one of the best running backs in football most of the time, minus last year, obviously. But with Le'Veon Bell, Josh Jacobs does have talent. He's expected to be a, uh, a nice player in this league, but he's going to be likely not going to be a Le'Veon Bell type player. 
Le'Veon Bell also the last couple of years had a Juju Smith-Schuster who was starting to come into his own. Now he has Tyrell Williams, another uh, player coming over to the Raiders. The former Charger maybe has a little chip on his shoulder to prove the Chargers wrong. Maybe we see that happening there. But I, just, I, I think the targets will be there. I think the uh, opportunities will be there with four Brown. But I just don't think the production is going to be there just because of the quarterback play and what the team has on offense as compared to what he had in Pittsburgh. So I'm likely not going to have very many shares of any of the Raiders here. Uh, if, I, if I'm looking at Josh Jacobs, there's other rookies that I like. So Dynasty Leagues, Jacobs probably going to be one of the top players picked in Dynasty drafts if you're uh, set in Dynasty Leagues and you're just doing drafting rookies. So I'm going to be taking like a David Montgomery, players, that, uh, other running backs that I like a little better, and maybe trying to get a quarterback in Dynasty Leagues, um, someone like Kyler Murray if I can or something like that. So that's the way I look at the AFC West. So if we're looking at the AFC West as a whole, I think it's a very good possibility that we see this the division from uh, basement to winner of the division within two games of each other. I think it would be very competitive. I, I have the Raiders winning seven games. I have the Broncos at eight or nine games. And I have the Chiefs and Chargers both winning nine, nine-ish games. That could put three teams with nine wins and the Raiders with seven wins. Very competitive teams in here in division. Yes, they may not be the best division in terms of wins and talent and all that kind of good stuff but this division is going to be very competitive who's going to come out of it i think it's going to be the chargers coming out of the division over the chiefs like i said i i I just think the defense in kansas city is going to let them down this year the chargers have one of the better defenses and i think they're going to end the season as the top defense in football and between the two offenses yes the chiefs might have uh, an edge on offense because of quarterback but the chargers have a very good offense as well and their quarterback is, yes, he might be showing age and might start to have a decline in age, but he's still a very good quarterback. So give me the Chargers to win the West and uh, give me a very competitive and very um, close-matched division in the West. Best talent, obviously, is going to be uh, Patrick Mahomes. What he does on the field is just absolutely ridiculous. And if I'm looking at fading a player, um, if I'm looking at one of the high-end players, I'm not going to have very many shares of Antonio Brown just because, like I said, I, I think the production might go down a little bit. But the targets will be there, but I just think the production is just going to fall off. And maybe it's a, maybe it's a Philip Lindsay just because of where he's going to get drafted right now. But like I said, I think the closer we move into the drafts, I think we start to see Freeman kind of close that gap between him and Lindsay and, and ADP. That made may, that may me, may, make me second think it if I'm going to get Lindsay maybe lower than Freeman. Maybe I'd go that way. But right now it's Freeman for me over Lindsay, and I absolutely love Sutton in that offense as well. That'll do the podcast today. Hope you guys had a fantastic day. Hope, you, hope I'm helping you guys prepare for your drafts and getting you ready for your dominance in your leagues. You guys have a fantastic day. And later this week we'll talk about the NFC West to close out the division series. But for now, enjoy your day, enjoy this podcast, and we will talk to you later. Have a great afternoon, evening, or whatever it is for you.